If you're like me, you enjoy long nighttime walks in the dark, listening to all of the many different critters going about their business under the moonlight. Some of the noises make sense to us, but some of them... Some of them are from things that we can't even comprehend. There are many things out there that have existed since long before mankind walked the earth. Night Crash is our next story by Carl Melton, read for us by Aaron Lillis. Night Crash by Carl Melton Trees don't float, Richie. But Richie just laughed. He was my best friend, and I was grateful he was a night owl like me. The other Boy Scouts had already ditched and left for their tents, but Richie and I stayed to tell scary stories. Our faces lit by the crackling campfire's glow. Next time you want to scare me, pick something a little more believable. Richie was a lousy storyteller and an even worse scout. Every other 11-year-old boy except Richie had earned their arrow of light. Richie stormed off to our tent, mentioning something about how I should take him a little more seriously. But how could I? Richie was talking nonsense, like usual. But that was before. Back when Richie's campfire story was only a story. At first, everything seemed normal. Well, almost. I was full of energy. I didn't even drink caffeine earlier, but based on how jittery I was, I couldn't go to sleep even if I wanted to. So I did my best to stay quiet by the fire. If an adult saw me awake at this hour, I would get in a whole heap of trouble. Eventually, something changed around me. Eerie sounds echoed from the woods. Quiet at first, as if animals were slowly waking one by one. But the creaks and groans did not sound like raccoons, deer, cougars, or, or anything else you normally find in forests. I should have run back to my tent, but my curiosity got the better of me. The sounds now surrounded me, and they were coming from the trees. When the old oak trees, full of autumn colors, stirred and grumbled like Grandpa sometimes does with his friends from the VFW, I assumed it was wind blowing through camp. After all, trees couldn't make those noises by themselves. And later, when the first crash shook the hard ground, I convinced myself it was an old tree dying. The fall of a legendary blue oak full of rot and dead wood for the past decade. Or maybe it was a ponderosa pine. Most pines were higher in the mountains, but down here in the foothills, there were a few that dwarfed even the tallest oak. And while I nearly fell off my chair during the crash, what caused my heart to beat like a drum was not the shaking ground, but that no one else woke up to investigate. I was alone, just me and the trees. To make matters worse, I was running out of light. Thin smoke rose from the dying fire pit. I snuck into my tent, careful not to wake Richie, and grab my flashlight. When I returned, the fire was nothing but embers and a bunch of sticks burned white. With no fire keeping me warm, I tiptoed past my snoring scoutmaster's tent and continued to the tree line on the far side of camp. The 
groans and creaks were even louder over here. Suddenly, a burst of cold air swept past me. Even with my sweatshirt, I was freezing. My back tensed as goosebumps crawl over my skin. Something was wrong. I didn't notice it before, but my flashlight confirmed it. The trees were far too tall. Their trunks stretched on and on like the corrupted Mirkwood forest Bilbo and Thorin got lost in in The Hobbit. My flashlight was too weak to see how far the trees went. In the blink of an eye, something shifted above me, but all I could see was a blur followed by a thunderous crash and what seemed like earthquake tremors. I dropped the flashlight and screamed. There was a second crash to my right and another deeper in the woods. I breathed in a mouthful of air, trying to calm my nerves. I opened my eyes, expecting everyone to be out of their tents, yelling and screaming, but it was dead silence, which seemed impossible. Either my entire Boy Scout troop were heavy sleepers, or this was all a dream. I was about to wake Richie when I noticed how big the moon was. It was a half moon, but the night sky was now twice as bright. Maybe a cloud had moved? No, it was dark before, but not because of clouds. The more I tried to remember, the more I was sure that before the crash, there was a colossal tree blocking the exact spot the moon's light shined now. I shuddered, not from the cold, but from pure terror. Did the tree shrink? I found the flashlight, and in one terrible moment, I proved my suspicions. The trees were not tall, at least no taller than usual. No, they looked tall because they floated five feet off the ground, like some glitch in a video game made by lazy developers. And those not levitating had snapped back to Earth pulled back to their roots by some invisible magnet. The same tree that blocked the moon was now back on the ground with no cracks or any visible damage. There was no way a tree could separate off the ground and reattach itself. It it, it didn't make any sense. The more I thought about it, the more scared I got. I ran back to camp, past my tent, and came to a screeching halt near the fire pit. The closest tree appeared to be hovering over nothing. If only that were true. If it was just empty space, perhaps I would not immediately quit Boy Scouts. I wouldn't be afraid to leave civilization and go camping. My skin wouldn't crawl around dense forests. Unfortunately, What my light exposed beneath the flying tree was so disturbing. I understood why God made an entire tree forbidden to Adam and Eve. A wooden face in the roots. No, not in the roots, but made of roots. The nightmare face looked like a carving, but it was alive. Smooth eyes glistened like petrified wood underneath a coat of splintering hair. And and earthy lips grinned wide to reveal sharp, hickory teeth. I I was going insane. They would send me to the nut house, and this thing knew. 
It cackled in delight, then spoke a familiar voice. How do you like my story, kid? Did you want to snap? Weep like a willow? You may think I'm all bark and no bite, but you'd be wrong. So wrong, you would not believe it. Please go ahead, retreat back to your tent and tell Richie this tremendous tale. I'm sure he'll find it a real if you can find him. It let out another howling laugh and I understood everything. The ugly truth my brain was trying to forget all night had surfaced. There was no boy named Richie. I had a whole tent to myself, and I was the last one to leave the campfire because... because I was too busy listening to this thing and his story. There never was a Richie. I made him up because it seemed less crazy than reality. My reality. They come alive at night, lifting from their roots to breathe and, and eat. And when they get enough air, enough food, what then? What's the matter, kid? Don't you want to hear another story while I'm up? It grinned as another tree, one of thousands out there, crashed down in the night. <laughs> 